0: Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Founder's Peak, a podcast where we bring you exceptional startup founders from around the world who each share their inspiration and a bag full of usable insights from their entrepreneurial journeys.
1: So if you're an aspiring founder or busy fundraising or nearing a successful exit or even feel like you might go down fighting, there's something useful in here for you.
0: Most talks are hosted and recorded live with audiences at the Founders Peak stage at the world's largest fintech event, the Singapore Fintech Festival.
1: My name is Naveen Suri.
0: And I'm Sagari White,
1: And we are the hosts of the Founders Peak podcast. I'm a former banker turned entrepreneur. And like all entrepreneurs, I have more than a few battle scars on my back. All of which, by the way, I'm very proud of.
0: I'm a content strategist by profession and had the pleasure of co-hosting these remarkable founders together with Naveen at the Singapore FinTech Festival in November 2022.
1: Our speaker today is Vipul Saxeria, co-founder and chief networks officer of Kaleidofin based in India. In his talk titled, Finding the Extra in the Ordinary Can Be Game-Changing, he shares that embracing ambiguity is the only way to deal with ambiguity and perhaps even conquer it. He says that it is in temporary times that one learns permanent lessons. Let's hear from Vipal.
2: I'm here to share a slice of my life. Uh, and Let's see if, if, if this is interesting for you all. Uh, I was in a cafe a few months back, uh, sipping my cup of coffee, obviously, and scrolling through my emails, only half reading them. Is, 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 is I realized that this beautiful cup of coffee that I have every day morning, last 10 years of my life, the same ordinary coffee shop, but an amazing cup of coffee. I sat down, and I see somebody walks up to me, sits in front of me, and is grinning. I'm both a little unsure at this time, and, and amused as well, is when I look back at the person in surprise. And this guy looks back at me and says, hey, Vipul, this is Ravi, man. And I was like, Ravi? This was the person I last met 20 years ago. And, and he had been my like sort of soulmate for a good 15 years. And out of nowhere, this was this odd, nondescript place where I meet him after 20 years. And his next question to me is, long time, what's new? And I was like, a lot of time has passed by. I last met him when, I mean, actually first met him when I was six years old. I was at a cricket pitch. I'd hit a six. This guy comes and hugs me. And from that day, we were inseparable. A few years later, I was eight, and a bunch of bullies in my neighborhood were beating me up. My four-year-old brother comes with his tiny little back and hits one of these bullies on his head. I can't tell you how proud I was of him that day. And I just sort of grabbed his hand and ran away. I was nine when my English teacher, who usually teaches English, was was very fond of telling stories, was telling us a story about forests and the animals therein. And until that day, I used to think that animals are only found in the zoo. I fell in love with his story and thought that one day I would love to visit forests. I was 15, Ravi and me and a few others, put together a school band, a music school band, and got selected to represent our school, and we won. It was around that time I realized that I could sing and sing well. The thing is, as I was growing up, I wasn't very sure of what I wanted to do. It wasn't that I was shallow or anything, but just that I didn't know. I don't remember whether this was a book uh, or a movie dialogue that I came across where a person asked the other, says that, what do you want to do when you grow up? And this person says, whatever is right. This line, this principle, stayed with me for a very long time, stays with me till today, as I sort of grew up. I was an unremarkable person, unremarkable child, uh, but sincere one. I was of this, of this style where if I pick something up, I'll give my 100% tiny things. Like, OK, I have to now clean this room. I will give my best. That was how I was built for these many years. And at that point, while I was doing my best and giving my 100%, I came across this time where where I was giving a lot back to my friendships. To the extent that I was great in mathematics and science, I changed my stream, joined Ravi in the anticipation of spending this next few five years with him. The very decision that made me go with Ravi and make this decision kept me away from him for these many years. I, I realized that uh, I was starting ordinary and I, I joined this insurance MNC as a graduate trainee. Uh, and the chance that I had was that if I did well, I was going to be given an opportunity to lead a, a multi state operations. From nowhere, I was staring at this PL and I realized that in two years' time, a loss making operations was turning profitable on, the, on account of not just increasing revenues but also reducing cost, including that of my own. I was replacing a person whose cost was 3x mine. Long story short, I succeeded in that venture and never looked back. And over the next 10, 12 years, grew in my corporate career very quickly. And I learned along the way that constraints is the only way to live life, and you have to deal with them. Embracing ambiguity is the only way to sort of deal with ambiguity and perhaps even conquer them. It's in temporary times that one learns permanent lessons. And that change is, is a constant. Work got me to travel quite a bit. Uh, India is a large country. I traveled the length and breadth of the country over 12, 13, 14 years. Came across multiple peoples from all walks of life. And I was a chatty person. i will sit in a car with the driver. Of course, I could have done many things, but I usually ended up chatting with the driver. i will stand at a tea shop, have a cup of tea, and start talk to the lady who was serving me tea and so many other people. In this time, I realized that these so-called ordinary people had a tremendous zeal for life, majority of them. They had a way of conquering failures, successes. And that kept me sort of thinking as to what can I do to do something for this underserved customer segment. My moment came when I met my now co-founders. One of them is in this room right now. And we discussed the idea of how finance, backed by technology, delivered at scale in a large country like India, can change the lives of millions of ordinary people. My company, Kaleidofin, was yet to be born, but my idea of doing whatever is right had arrived. I traveled like I always do back to my customers to figure out what is this exact thing that we need to do in trying to bring technology, AI, ML, all together into a product experience that will work for this informal sector customer who many banks, large institutions have not been able to serve successfully. As I spoke to them, I realized that they were financially savvy. I was trying to create a financial product for them. And these were guys who were financially savvy. They were people who could understand and do their math at the back of their mind. But then the decisions were very different from what we and me and you would take, oftentimes, driven by how volatile their lives were. They used to live in the moment. And also the amount of options and the kind of options they used to get. This was the time when I was beginning to realize that we have to be able to mimic their lives. We have to be able to account for the fact that oftentimes we think that when I'm trying to save, I can't borrow. But this is the customer who will save and borrow at the same time. As we figured this out, we got our idea of the first blockbuster product. Today, which has served about 1.5 million customers, gave them a micro enterprise finance access. And they have been able to build and grow the business. We continue to build, double down on the business. We are about four years old. And keep thinking about how, what is the next thing we would like to do? Several projects in line. This was the time when when I knew this was my life. I had spent about five years in it. And I was back to looking at Ravi, who was sitting in this coffee shop. And I was wondering, which of these thoughts was I actually thinking in my head? And what was I actually sharing with Ravi? I wasn't clear that had I changed quite a bit or I was the same person. Cricket was no longer my passion. I, I stopped watching cricket for like 10, 12 years. This was my life. And I was no longer into cricket. My younger brother, who I was so proud of, I'm in touch much lesser. I spend most of my time off these days in a forest. And and, and the sense of excitement I get even in my 50th visit is the same as what I used to get when it was my first. The the talent that I realized about music, I was learning classical music for the last few years, and now recently had started to teach. During all of these, this, this, these thoughts that were passing through my mind, I was also thinking, if what mistakes had I done, how can I change them? I'd lost Ravi, literally speaking, even if I would not have bumped into him. I was not going to meet him for the next many, many years. In all of these thoughts, I also came to this sort of conclusion that life keeps you moving, that it teaches you to deal with the new. In fact, it teaches you to start loving the new. At this point, I look back at Ravi and remember his question, which was, what's new? I tell him, nothing much. And you? Thank you. That's my story.
0: Thank you, Whipple. Now, if you'd like to watch Whipple's talk at the Founder's Peak, simply visit Singapore FinTech Festival on YouTube. You're listening to the Founders Peak podcast, where exceptional startup founders share untold stories from their journeys. We have lots more coming up for you next, so do stay with us.